Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I am Alexa. I am Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. And it is officially 2023. We are in the new year. We are in it. Balls Um, deep. It balls deep. I, I just I was, wanted to say that. I was just, I was just thinking, like it really is balls deep because, like, I was just saying uh, to someone today, it's only what this, uh, January fifth. It is five days into the new year, and I feel like it has been a month. Like the amount <laughs> of shit that has been going yeah. on the second twenty twenty three hit was is just like, yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's crazy. It's and crazy. by the way. We're going to talk about some of those things at the end of today's episode because today's episode is the first of our new format where we're going to give you an episode, we're going to give you a subject, we're going to do our normal thing, but at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about what happened this week, what went down this week, the top stories of the week, and we're going to give our intuitive insights on them. So uh, stay tuned for that at the end of the episode. All right. Very exciting Um, stuff. Wait. Before we dive yeah. in today, how was yes. like New Year's for you on the t- since we're on the topic of New Year's? How was New Year's was and the holidays? Yeah, it was good. It was nice. It was relaxing. Didn't when were you anything. in bed? Be honest. I so I've been having problems sleeping lately, so I didn't go to bed till like uh, one. Oh my god! You but I was in this. bed already. Yeah, but I was just <laughs> TikToking, and then what was so cute is my all three of my kids fell asleep at like. I don't know. Everybody's been sick for, it feels like forever now. They're on the mend, but um, everybody was in bed at like seven. So from like eight o'clock until 1145, I was just hanging out by myself, cleaning, like not really, you know, TikToking, not really doing a whole lot. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go to sleep. And then um, Happy New Year to me. Yeah. And then like at 1145, my middle child was like, can I get a hug? Can you be my New Year's <laughs> Eve hug? And I was like, oh my God, of course I will be. And so, and then my little guy woke up and That's he said, so Happy cute. New Year. It was really cute. My teenager texted me. So it was well, cool. It was good. I mean, I was asleep at literally nine o'clock and I didn't even feel bad. I was just like. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, there was no, there was no, normally, I'm so big on, like, let's do intentions and let's do, and I was just, like, I'm an, I'm a mom of a baby. I got it. I don't have time for this, really. That's funny. Careful, that's a rut that a lot of people get into. I don't have time for me because I'm a mom now. I know, I know. I've been thinking about that too. But I just was like, no, you know what I feel like though? I feel like being a mom, okay, I, I am wary of that. But I also feel like it just shows you what you really want to do and what you, I don't know. I just was like, I'm tired. I don't want to do all this that's bullshit. Okay. I want to go to bed. Yeah, that's fine. Are you Nothing sure? wrong with that. <laughs> I'm not trying to spiritually shame you. Um. Okay, thank you. You're um, Okay, well, let's dive in because we have a lot well, to talk before about. Before we dive in, I think we should do a trigger warning for this episode. Oh, so starting off the year you, like that. Yeah, we're starting off the year like that, everybody. So if you are, uh, if you feel like you need a trigger warning for like eating disorders, food issues, things like that, this might not be the episode for you to listen to. That is all. All right. End. Let's do it. So how this came about was I have been. Feel like everybody that listens has known that I've been going through a divorce. I came out. There's a lot of shit going on, right? 
I'm breaking down this idea of like, oh, am I this way, like this way, meaning like thin and going to the gym every day for me or for other people? Am I trying to fit into this propaganda of what a woman should be? All of that. So I've just kind of been letting go of a lot of these ideas and concepts. And I've also been in this cocoon of like this healing slash like new love thing. So I've gained a significant amount of weight for me. Okay. Maybe not for other people, but for me. Mm -hmm. So I decided that the gift that I was going to give myself, one of my very good friends, Mike is a personal trainer and oh my God, you're doing it with Mike. Yeah. I told you that already. No, I didn't know it was Mike. You didn't know it was Mike. No, maybe I told Catherine. I told one of them. Okay. Love that. I digress. Yeah. So it's Mike. Mike is a guy that we worked with on our pilot that never aired for our that TV never show that got anywhere. Will never be anything. <laughs> it will never be anything. We have given up on that dream. Anyway, so yeah, so I've worked with Mike. Um, he should be on the, the podcast, but that's not the point. We'll oh. talk about that later. But um, and he's really helping me. There's like a whole app that he has, blah, blah, blah. So as he starts to make this meal plan for me of what I'm gonna eat, when I'm gonna eat it, all of this shit. I start to look at the amount of food that this man wants me to eat. And I almost start crying. And I realized at the bottom, it says total caloric intake, which was 1200 calories. And I'm like, that is too many fucking calories. I cannot do this, which is I not. literally it eat is that not. in like one sitting. I feel like I'm not <laughs> even kidding you. <laughs> it is not too many calories at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I tell Mike, I start to feel in my body what is happening, right? And I just start to like be really honest with Mike. I sent him a voice note and I was like, hey, like I've had eating, I've had, this is the key word, had eating disorders in the past. And I feel like this <clears throat> is too much for me to start with. I normally don't eat anything throughout the day to the point where sometimes I genuinely feel like I'm gonna faint. So this for me, I know that's not, that's not healthy. I'm not promoting that, but this for me is like way too much. We have to start slower. So he, we have a conversation around it. I'm really honest with him about a few things. He changes it. He's like, I'm changing this for a week and I want you to eat more at the end of this week. Okay. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so we do that. And I am there now. I text him today. Like I'm starving. I need more food. And he was like, I'm so happy. So <clears throat> I'm at the gym. Uh, this is probably Monday. I'm at the gym and I'm listening to one of the podcasts that I listen to regularly, which is We Could Do Hard Things by Glennon Doyle and her sister and Abby. Great and what'd you say? It's a great podcast. It is a great podcast. And Glennon has been bulimic her whole life. Well, since she was a little girl and got diagnosed with anorexia, not bulimia. And the difference between the two and she starts naming all these things. And I'm like, well, that just feels normal to me. This doesn't feel abnormal, like being disgusted by food, not wanting to eat food, feeling like I don't deserve food. I'm not worthy of this unless I go to the gym and work out for 30 minutes or feeling like uh, I need to control other aspects of my life. Because if I can control that, then I'm fixed in this way. And one of the things that she said that she heard from her therapist, which really kind of hit me a different way, was that uh, two things. One was that you never have had an eating disorder. You currently have an eating disorder and you are mm -hmm. managing it better, mm -hmm. but you've never had it, right? Mm -hmm. It's still there. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I, I, was not currently, I wasn't in the past an alcoholic. I am a recovering alcoholic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I thought, holy shit, right? But then I, that wasn't good enough for me. So I have to pull the people close to me. So I ask Mo, my girlfriend, I say, do you think I have an eating disorder? And she looks at me and she goes, are you serious? And I said, yep. Thinking she's going to be like, no. And she's like, yeah, definitely. 
And I was like, um, what? She's like, you never eat. I have to make you eat. And when you eat, it looks like someone's torturing you. And I'm like, well, that's not good. And she's like, no. And I was like, huh, okay. So how do I fix me? And her and I were talking and the conclusion that we came up with, it's not about like fixing you, right? Because like, I'm never going to fix me. Yeah. I'm never going to fix what's going on here. I'm never going to be thin enough. I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about fixing what's happening. It's about making sure that I manage this and making sure that when I start to go down that rabbit hole of not eating or binging, because I do that sometimes too, I don't purge because I don't, I don't like throwing up, but that it's managed with why is this happening? And then not shaming myself or beating myself up for fucking weeks afterwards. Yeah. So because that's part of the cycle. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. So I worked with a lot of people, private coaching, and we were, I've worked with some people on this and I guess I've always come to the conclusion that we are going to make this better. Right. And now I've come to the conclusion that we're, we're managing it because we're figuring out what's happening here. Right. Where, where do I feel unworthy that I don't deserve food? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've, you know, I've, I'm so glad you're sharing about this because I've also struggled with different eating disorders. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast at some points, but, um, I've had binge eating compulsive. Uh, there's some, I don't know. I used to call it something, but I forget what it, or maybe it's called like overeat compulsive. Overeat. I don't know. But anyway, I, would binge. Um, I also would, you know, was kind of the opposite for a while. And um, I think food is something that either can be a a great comfort mm-hmm. or it can be like you're talking about a great way to control when mm-hmm. you feel like you can't control other things. Yeah. And and it also is interesting because food has to do with nourishment, right? It's like mm-hmm. nourishing yourself, like having enough energy, like giving yourself love. Like in a way, you know, it's it's that, um, you know, it's that it's it's kind of a symbol for like love and filling ourselves up with that. And so I agree with you. I don't think the answer is more restriction and more, um, you know, like, okay, well, what do I have to do to make this? It's not that. It's, it's where can you bring more acceptance, allowance, relaxation around either that or whatever that is connected to, right? Mm -hmm. Because here's my question to you. Like, do you remember a time when you weren't like that or have you always been that way? So this is actually a question that was brought up by a therapist that I was seeing this last year, actually. And what my first memory with food, and this is kind of sad, but it is what it is. My first memory with food is being, it must have been when I was like four, because I was with my biological mother and I was taken away from her when I was four. So it must've been three or four. And she had a hamburger in her hand from McDonald's. And I was really hungry because there was never food in the house and I was never fed. And I remember her looking at me and saying, do you want some of this? It's delicious. And I said, yes. And she said, it's too delicious for little kids. It's only for mommies. You don't deserve it. And ate it in front of me. Evil woman, evil woman. Yeah, what the fuck? But but that really, I laughed through the pain, but that really shows you like the memories and the association right away of, I don't deserve food. I'm not worthy of food is 
at a very, very young age. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It That's like your <laughs> first memory. I mean, that's literally someone saying to you, like, no, you don't deserve it. You don't. And not yeah. only that, it's also pretty symbolic that it was your mother. Like your mother that's who is true. supposed to be the one nourishing you. Nourishing you know? You. Yeah. And I think of that quite often as I'm right now in the process of breastfeeding, right? And I'm mm-hmm. – did you nurse? Did you mm-hmm. breastfeed? Yeah, okay. I nursed uh, Brennan Oliver. And did you enjoy it or did you not enjoy it or what was your experience? No, I did um, – with Oliver, I made it I, – I remember feeling like um, you're not going to stress out about how to – like your body is going to rebound – you're not going to stress out about how you're eating. You're going to relax. You're going to eat healthy food, but you're not going to um, make this time in your life a stressful time about you bouncing back to 100 pounds. Right. Which is good and important. And it was really more about the bonding with him than, which is, I think, good. Oh, yeah. I was just curious if you actually enjoyed the process of like breastfeeding or if you did like because some people don't. No, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. I didn't breastfeed Riley because at the t- I was so young and at the time I felt like my sister breastfed her daughter for four or five years and I thought that okay, was a little, <laughs> it was one long. of those. <laughs> it was a little long for me, so it might have yeah. traumatized me a little bit. No, I get that. I was talking about that with someone the other day. No, no judgment. No judgment, but. Yeah, it is a little weird to see sometimes, I think. Um, But anyway, I've been thinking about that, though, quite a bit as I've been breastfeeding. I've been thinking about, oh, this is the time when they're learning, right, about their relationship with, like, I'm hungry. I want something to eat, right? Mm, And and us, whether it's bottle or breast, it really doesn't matter. It's whatever you do, but it's about our feeding with them and that time that we're feeding with them and, like, what's going on in that time. And I think about it and I go – I just want him to know that this isn't like he is going to be fed and it's not but 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 that it and and that food is great but like Mm -hmm. it's not that big of a deal you know what I mean like I feel like when meaning I feel like when I was growing up there was such a big deal around food all the time and I think for different reasons than you're describing, which I can't even imagine because you're talking about food scarcity, which is like yeah. you didn't have food. And like, so food was a big deal if it was around, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when I got older, it was better. Go ahead. Okay. When you got older, it was better. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe also like, is it possible that you've kind – okay, wait, wait. So before I say that. When you got older, it was better. Did you like food or did you still so, not like food? <clears throat> okay, so that's a good question. So I grew up, so that little story, that's just one instance of many, many things that happened in the four years that I was with my biological mother. So I was quickly taken away from her. Thank the dear Lord. So the woman that I call my mom, that I lived with my whole life, uh, was a single mom. She worked like sometimes three jobs, many times two jobs. I don't think she ever worked just one job, but so there was no like making dinner, sitting down, having dinner together. I was a latchkey kid. So the woman that raised me is, uh, she's uh, a boomer. So it's kind of funny because I was, most people my age were raised by uh, people below that generation, but I wasn't because of the situation. So I would say that most um, Gen X people were latchkey kids and millennials weren't, but I was a latchkey kid. So I digress. So when I came home, nobody supervised my eating, right? So it was like a free for all, kind of eat whatever I wanted to. But most of the time um, I ate fast food. All like, that's all that my mom would bring me McDonald's and stuff like that. And I wasn't really aware of how bad it was until I was in my twenties. And I realized that I was eating fast food three times a day mm-hmm. consistently for years. Mm-hmm. And then wondering why, when I got pregnant, I gained hundred pounds mm-hmm. because I had no education around food, nutrition, anything like that. So, yeah. um, I wanted my kids to be different. 
and this is going somewhere. And so it goes back to that control, which is so funny right now. I controlled what everybody in my house ate so fucking hard. I mean, everything. Like I controlled what Alex ate. I controlled what my oldest ate, my mom. I controlled what she ate, everybody. To the point to where I remember my mom brought home ice cream one time and I flipped out at her and ran it underwater so she couldn't eat it because it's not healthy. It oh, was that wouldn't crazy. stop me from eating it. I'd be like, great, I can drink this now. Thank you. <laughs> it was crazy how much control I wanted around not only what I ate, but what everybody ate. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. when Alex and I divorced, well, when they go to his house now, they eat fast food every time, every time. Mm. And there is nothing I can fucking do about it because it's not my house. It's not my rules. We're no longer married and it just is what it is. So all of the careful planning, all of the education I did around, you know, this is healthy for us. This isn't healthy. Make sure they do that. Now they have to make their own choices at seven, 10 and 18. And that they are not making the healthiest choices because they're children. I get that. But I think what I've done this year is I've really said like, fuck it. What's the point? Mm -hmm. And I really forgot. Like the point is to make yourself feel better. That's the original point here. It wasn't to get so crazy and control that everybody's okay and healthy because we're not eating processed foods and we're eating organic and we're doing all this shit. It was to originally make yourself feel better and not eat fast food three times a day. So I think it's a little combination of going into a bit of, I can't control anything. So fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to just let go and feeling kind of, I want to say a little bit of despair of now my kids are ruined. Does that make sense? That's pretty dramatic. No, because you're projecting onto them partly what you experience and your own trauma with that, right? Like your own trauma of realizing like, oh my God, I've been eating this way and it led to me having this experience with my body and Mm -hmm. that was really hard for me and – you know, you you don't want to watch anyone else, especially that you love, go through that or or have mm-hmm. that similar experience, I'm assuming. And I get I completely get that because in our society, your body and the way that you look is has up until this point and still remains to be such a big mm-hmm. part of the life experience and being accepted and falling in love and like all of these things. And of course, yeah. it can be so much more than that. And it can it doesn't have to rely on that strictly at all. But those are the stories that we've been told. And that's what we kind of see and are led to believe. That's what mm-hmm. that is the story that's told. So women buy lots of makeup and get whatever, you know, get yeah cosmetic surgeries and blah, 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 which is fine. If you want to do that, I'm not judging that. I'm just saying that is a story that is constantly sold to us to make us feel like we must look good or else we will not be loved. Because we're not and- enough. Mm-hmm. And actually, mm-hmm. it's being sold to men now as well. So, like, you know, equal opportunity employer. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the point is, I think the point is that what you were saying is what I hear you saying is like you kind of are seeing yourself go to these different extremes, like mm-hmm. all the way to this side and then all the way to this side, which I can really relate to, by the way. Um, but and that what you're on the process of now, it sounds like, is realizing it's not about going to one extreme or the other. It's about just recognizing, hey, it's okay for me to be somewhere in the middle and just find my balance here. And I don't have to do it immediately this second. I can take Mm -hmm. baby steps. Like, it sounds like what you're doing with Mike is recognizing, like, like saying, okay, this is what feels comfortable to me. Oh, wow. That's really like not a lot. Hmm, Maybe I can take a baby step in the direction you want me to and just adjust to that. Like, you know, I think that's what life is. It's about recognizing where we're really restricted or we're really extreme and Mm -hmm. trying to find a way to just come into a a state of balance and just get better and better and better at keeping that balance because we're not going to be, quote, perfect all the time at anything. 
Mm -hmm. I think it's our reaction to the lack of perfection that can swing us off into like the deep end of like binging or not eating at all, for example. You know what I mean? Yeah. When in actuality, it's like, it's okay to just have a day where you're like, yo, I want to eat a lot of pizza or something. I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or, and then the next day you're back at the gym doing what you do. Um, so how do you feel about like this moving forward now? I mean, I don't want to sit here and be like, I'm great and everything's fine. Yeah. Like I talked to Mike today because I woke up with a really bad headache and I know that for me, that's a sign that like I'm not eating enough calories. So I said, we got to adjust some things. And he was like, I'm so glad to hear that. Like, how about a bowl of yogurt with granola and um, fruit? And I went, whoa, that's a lot. And he's like, okay, you can break it up and eat it. However, like whatever you want, but it's really not. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. But it's also this idea of, which is funny because I logically, I know starving yourself will make you gain weight. Logically, I know when you overeat, your stomach expands, right? I know those things, but I guess it's that you tell yourself that, well, I haven't eaten all day, so it's okay if I have the whole pizza to myself. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that goes back into I deserve this or I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. So I'm just working on, um, I'm just eating, but I'm not making myself eat something I don't like. Like, for example, Mo made salmon and I thought I really liked salmon. It turns out I like sugar and we yeah. can't have sugar on this <laughs> meal oh, plan. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, see, I do know um, that. I, knew, I do know you like chocolate. I guess oh that's why. I, and I love chocolate too, and that's I why we get along. Chocolate. But like, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, when you told me this, I was like, I was like trying to think because like we eat together a lot when we're traveling. Only when we're traveling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like thinking back. I'm like, wait, why have I never noticed this? And then I was like, mm. and then I did think of sometimes. I was like, well, I do remember like us eating together but I I feel like you were always way more interested in like okay what are we gonna do for dessert the the yeah. the main stuff which again I love as well so I'm happy <laughs> but um but kind of like the just the regular like food eating I yeah I guess I like don't remember you being like that enthusiastic really about anything um I mean, and I haven't been, I haven't been as bad as I've been, I would say this last year in years, in years. And I think that that's because there was a lot of shit going on this last year. And there was, this is the thing that I can control always easy. Right. But it's been, um, it's been bad. It's been bad. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I I said to myself, like, you know, this isn't good. Come on. Like, just put this food in your body. Hold it's on okay. a second. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. I'll vamp because we're live and I can't see anybody. So, but I think that's the, the other thing here is that you go through phases and it's like a wave. It's like up and down, up and down. It's not sedentary not sedentary what's the word I'm thinking of it's not stagnant where I'm fixed and I'm great because I haven't felt this way in oh I would say probably eight years so oh Alexa's smiling at me what happened no nothing my dad's in the other room with ever and yeah. there was a the loudest bang I've ever heard in my life. So of course, like I go in there and scared. You know, it's just I don't know what they're doing, but a table fell over. Oh, not on anyone. Were they wrestling? Over. What were they doing? No. Sometimes when the rocker, it's a lot. It's it's a table that goes next to the rocker. Sometimes if the rocker gets under it, it can like rock up and like flip the mm. yeah. But I just yeah. know that he's not here a lot. Anyway, anywho. What I was saying is that it's, it's not like stagnant. It's like a wave, right? Yeah. So I haven't been this bad in like eight years. It's been a really long time, 
But anyway, not the point. The point is uh, well, we're wait, working on re- it. Work in progress. Real quick, though, that is the point. I think what you said in the beginning about, no, I didn't have an eating disorder. I it, Like, I have an eating disorder and I mm-hmm. manage it. It's about managing it. And that is exactly yeah. how it is for anyone who's ever dealt with any addiction. It is something that, you know, and, and I have a lot of this in my family, it is something that you have to acknowledge that it's always around. It's always kind of a part of you. It has a potential to express itself. It's about mm-hmm. how you show up every day knowing that, being aware of that and saying, okay, how how am I feeling today? And how can I, like you said, manage this today? And mm-hmm. taking it one day at a time. And I think that's why that literally is the AA thing, like one day at a time. One day at a time, yeah. Um, and I think that that's a really common thing that I don't think that people, I don't know if like a lot of people realize that, that like, we all have these things that we're going to deal with our whole lives. Like, and they're very Mm -hmm. individual to each of us. Mm -hmm. We're always going to have like proclivities or habits or disorders or things that we're going to have to, like my OCD, that's something that, um, you know, I got on medic. I got diagnosed and got on medication for a year ago, and it felt like a magic pill, right? It felt mm, like, oh yeah. my god, I have so much relief from all of this pain and stress that I've been in my whole life, but never knew why, right? So then I was like, I'm great. Like I never have bad thoughts. I'm I'm healed. I'm healed. And then it's like a couple months ago, or actually it was just a month ago, I started kind of realizing that some of my thoughts were coming back, my OCD thoughts, I noticed it and I was going down certain paths. And then I was like, oh shit. And I thought to myself, oh shit, maybe I need to go up in my dosage because like this shouldn't be happening, right? And then I thought to myself, no, it's not, you're not supposed to never have these thoughts again. This is part of who you are. This is part of something you deal with. You take that medication because it helps you acknowledge it and release it and move forward when you need to. But it's mm-hmm. not that you're supposed to turn into a robot. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, or be numb all the time. Yeah, you're supposed to learn from this thing and learn about yourself and learn things that work for you and practice implementing them. And if there's a medication that helps, great. Like if there's something that helps, great. But you're not supposed to have magic pills that just make you suddenly 100% a perfect person because that's impossible. Mm -hmm. It's totally impossible. It's totally impossible. Yeah. Because there is no perfect person. Yeah. And if someone seems perfect, you just haven't seen their ugly yet. No, exactly. No one is perfect. Everybody has these things. And in fact, I think that's what makes us, I think that's what gives us our depth. Like that is really what gives us these textures in life that allow us to have stories and experiences Mm -hmm. and allow us to relate to others like you're doing right now. Like you sharing Mm -hmm. this story is going to relate to a lot of people, myself included. I really empathize with you and I really understand what it's like to be in that place where you realize, "Uh uh-oh, shit's getting bad again. Mm -hmm. It's scary. And but I think that you having the awareness of it and talking to someone about it, not just Mike, your trainer, but also yeah. <laughs> not us. just Mike, yeah, just no. and also the whole world, yeah. Um, and no me deal. and your your partner is is actually like you should you should commend yourself for that because I I wonder if you would have done that years ago. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, I think I would have just shoved it away and tried to pretend like everything was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that did. is where those disorders thrive in the secrecy yeah. when no one in knows. the secrecy like it's fine mm-hmm. um yeah but I think that's the other thing that I want to say before we we end yeah. is I love the fact that no one is trying to fix me I love the fact that it, what the metaphor that I see that it feels like is I'm saying to you or to Mo or to Mike or to everybody listening hey I'm I have this like lesion on my arm, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not contagious, but it kind of bothers me. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, well, is it getting better? And I'm like, it feels like it's getting better. And then they're like, okay, well, we can hold hands and walk. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you don't want to just leave me? No, I don't want to just leave you. I just want to hold your hand and walk with you. 
And it's nice because it feels like no one's saying, we'll do this, 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 and this, and then your lesion will be gone. It's like, okay, no, you're all right. Yeah, totally. So I, I actually was reflecting recently on just my past approaches to helping people and thinking, again, it goes back to the magic pill. Okay. I know the, I know the magic pill. I'm going to tell you the magic pill. You're going to feel better. Then I'm going to feel better because you're going to be better. So this is going to be great. (laughs) I'm going to get to continue living in bliss. (laughs) And And I'm going to fix you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to fix, but it's, it's ultimately selfishly motivated, like from my perspective, because it's like, I just want you to be better so that I can be better and we can all just move on. Um, but what I realized, what I was thinking about was like, yeah, that, like we said, that's impossible. Even yeah. if you did have the magic pill and you gave it to someone, they would probably just fight you on it. Or they would be like, this isn't the magic pill. Or it wouldn't mean anything because they're not – everybody's shit is everybody's shit. Like, you know what I was – I was listening to a podcast and – oh, it was the Dax, it was the Dax Shepherd podcast. You and love that podcast. I do. I love it. And Dax loves riding motorcycles. And he's been in several motorcycle accidents. Like he's broken his shoulder and he's done all this stuff. But he loves riding motorcycles. It's his favorite thing. And Monica, his co-host, she's very similar to me. And she's very like codependent. She's she's very intelligent, but she's, you know, just like me. But she's very <laughs> – she's a very – and she's very emotionally intelligent, but she's – realize in herself she's also like codependent she loves him so much she never wants anything to happen to him and she was talking about recently how she used to think that was on him she used to be like if you loved me you wouldn't go do this like if you loved me you wouldn't go put your life in in danger because it would hurt me and she recently was like talking about she realizes like I can't control him or what makes him happy and that's my shit. It's my it's my shit. I can communicate it about it and I can ex- we can keep talking about it, but at the end of the day, I'm the one who has to deal with the way that I feel. Nobody else mm. is going to be, even if he stopped riding riding motorcycles, well someone else she loved would do something else she that scared her. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think it's this realization that we're all really accountable for our own stuff and so is everybody else and the best thing we can do for everyone is to just, like you said, take their hand and walk with them through whatever that is alongside them. Yeah. But we can't do it. We can't do it for them. No. Ambie's yelling at her kids. No, I mean, I'm, my dog is like. Oh, she's yelling at her dog. I think he's <laughs> depressed. I don't know. He literally <laughs> will just sit there and stare at me and whimper. And I'm like, dude. Oh, he, he wants treats or to go out or something. Well, no, because, well, he always wants treats. That's not abnormal, but like, he doesn't want to go out and I try to give him love and he's got food in his bowl. I'm like, I don't know what to do with you, sir. Anyway. Mm. So he was just whimpering outside my door and I was like, he wants to like sit on your lap while you record the podcast. He probably does. Here I am trying to fix the situation. (laughs) And I I appreciate (laughs) Well, Ambie, thank you for sharing. I feel like a lot of people can relate to what you're sharing. And I think it's really, really vulnerable of you and brave of you to talk about that. And we are sending you so much love and know that you're going to continue to find the balance with this. Thanks. Do we have any um, comments from the audience? (sighs) If not, perfectly fine. (laughs) We have a few hello ladies. Happy New Year, ladies. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, and hello. Oh, Mo's watching. Yay. Oh, Hi, Mo. Hi, Mo. <laughs> um, um so uh let's move into the the our new segment. How about that? Yes. The fun. Let's move into the fun. Go ahead. The fun. Well, it isn't Ready. all fun because it's kind of oh, like so okay. I, okay, I looked into so basically what we're doing. I is- have no idea what she's going to ask me, by the way. <laughs> I don't know what we're what we're going to talk about. I just showed up today. So go ahead. Okay. Before we move on, Heather and Alexis both just chimed in. Heather said, you are not alone. And Alexis said, I love this conversation. Thanks, Thank ladies. You Thank you. Uh, also, if you want to watch us record this live and chime in with your comments like Heather and Alexis, you can follow us on uh, Facebook at Inner Bloom Podcast, facebook.com slash Inner Bloom Podcast.
This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Babyfoot. Babyfoot was originally created in Japan in 1997 as an easy and effective at-home treatment scientifically formulated with 16 natural extracts that exfoliate and moisturize at the same time while bringing the spa experience right into your home. Launched in the United States in 2012, Babyfoot quickly became a household name among foot exfoliant products. Babyfoot offers a selection of at-home foot care products that are quick and easy to use. Trusted internationally with over 25 million Babyfoot peels sold worldwide since 1997. That's 25 years. Babyfoot has seen great success in big box retailers, grocery stores, and natural food markets, health nutrition, fitness studios, boutiques, gift shops, spas, salons, online stores, and in the medical industry, aka sports medicine, oncologists, podiatrists, dermatologists, and plastic surgeons, making Babyfoot the leading and most trusted brand nationwide for the healthiest, smoothest feet. The most innovative total foot care package this gentle process leaves skin undamaged while removing the dead skin revealing the fresh healthy layer beneath like a baby's foot simple effective and effortless if you'd like to try out baby foot you can go to babyfoot.com and get 20% off your purchase when you use the code innerbloom20. That's I-N-N-E-R-B-L-O-O-M 20 in all caps, and you will get 20% off your purchase. Enjoy! Here's what we're going to do. So this segment is the top three news stories of the week, and Ambie and I are going to chime in on them. Ambie's going to chime in intuitively about just kind of like what she she's getting about the situation, what she thinks is coming next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she doesn't know the stories I'm about to tell her, okay? She, she might know about them, but she doesn't know which ones I've picked for the week. So these are the top three stories of the week. I'm going to start with number three. So number three is that misogynist influencer Andrew Tate was arrested in Romania. Do you know about this, Andy? I don't know who Andrew Tate is. Okay, great. Even better. So (laughs) a lot of you guys will know Andrew Tate. He is literally what I just said. He is like a misogynist influencer. He He has developed a really big following, unfortunately, where he talks about how women are his property, just pure misogyny. Sounds like a great guy. A wonderful man, <laughs> truly. Um, Someone so, to be cherished. So so let me read you just a snippet of this, this article that I pulled. Misogynist influencer Andrew Tate, who once said that he moved from the UK to Romania because, quote, rape laws are more lenient there. Yes. Oh, my Andy, it's your God. Worst, it's, it's literally your worst nightmare, this man. Um, was arrested by Romanian officials on December 29th on charges of rape and human trafficking. Um <gasps> Tate and his brother, Tristan, are suspected of having recruited victims for a criminal online porn scam uh, by making them believe that they were interested in genuine relationships, then transported them to live in houses where they were under constant surveillance and forced to act in porn videos under threats of violence. The videos would then be sold online. It's also like those online poker girls. You ever see those? Yeah. It's like also kind of like that type of thing. So the reason this is the number three story of the week is because Andrew Tate has been making, he's been in the news quite a bit over the past several months and everyone just want, well, the majority of people I feel like just wanted him to go the hell away, but he has been developing this like following, which is really scary because it's like young men are listening to him. So when he got arrested, it was directly after a Twitter exchange with guess who? Who? Greta Thunberg. Remember Greta, the child client? Yes. Hold on. Wait. Wait. What happened on Twitter? Okay. And supposedly this is how he got arrested. Okay. So he basically. Did she turn? Fucking get it, Greta. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. What was your question? No, I don't have a question. Go ahead. Okay. So. He, out of nowhere, seemed to randomly text Greta Thunberg, okay? And he what? said, um, he said, at Greta, please provide your email address so I can send a complete list of my car collection and their respective enormous emissions. Basically mocking her and, tell, and, and send a, a pitch. 
and sent a picture of how many cars he has and just all the shit, like out of nowhere. So then she replied, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. <laughs> which is, which, which to an average person would just be like a totally average joke, right? But yeah. coming from Greta, that's like really funny because you just didn't expect that. Um, so then he replied again. And when he replied, he sent a video with it. And in the video, he had, uh, like, pizza boxes from a <laughs> Romanian, like, pizza shop. And mm-hmm. supposedly, this is how they arrested him because they needed proof that he was actually, like, in the country. And when he sent the, the – room, because he travels a lot – when they yeah. he sent the video back with the Romanian pizza boxes, they knew he was there, and they went and arrested him, like, immediately. And then Greta tweeted, this is what happens when you don't recycle your pizza boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that's funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so he's being held so- in Romania for 30 days. Okay. Um, so my question is, like, what do you think? Is he, like, going to go to jail? Uh, is this just going to be a 30-day thing and then he's off? Or what do you think is going to happen with his career in the future? Well, is there some kind of... I don't know how Romanian government works, but is there some kind of bail that he could post? Because I think that's going to happen. Anyway, I think he's going to post bail. We're going to move. I think he's going to get out quickly. Um... I do think that this is going to help his career, which is unfortunate. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. And I don't feel like he's going to go anywhere anytime soon. I, I hope that he goes to jail. I do. I think they have a lot of char- I think they have a lot of evidence against him, though. Okay. So I would assume that he would go to jail unless he makes some kind of deal. Okay. Yeah. And but he I very think well he's going to go away for a while. Who is that guy that... Um, did women gone wild oh joe francis right so he's still in prison right i think he might have gotten out recently joe anyway i see it going like that like he's gonna be in prison for a while but he's gonna get out oh okay yeah yeah joe francis spent 270 days in jail okay okay interesting okay unless they can get him on something bigger which he's probably done bigger stuff like murder keep going Uh, yeah um, okay, well, we shall see about that. Um, so number two story of the week. <laughs> so the Republicans are having an absolute meltdown uh, right now in Congress at the Speaker of the House vote. So I actually asked ChatGBT to break this down for me today because I am so dense when it comes to understanding this the political system. I'm going to explain it to you. Oh, we're we listening for your, your dog. No, we're listening for my kids. Keep going. I'm listening okay, okay. to you. You're going to okay, break okay. it down for me, political system. Yeah. So so basically, well, let me read you the headlines and then I'll break it down. Okay. So okay. for the first time in 100 years, okay. the House of Representatives failed to elect a new Speaker of the House on Tuesday, Wednesday, and now Thursday, as the awesome. Republicans were split on the future of the party leadership. Both days were tough for Representative Kevin McCarthy, who is the current leader of the majority party, as 20 members of his own caucus opted not to vote for him. Now, it has been eight rounds of votes, and they are still deadlocked because not it, there's not enough of a majority, right? So the last time this happened was 1923, when it took nine rounds of votes for Representative Frederick Gillette, Gillette to be elected speaker. But the most notorious case of a prolonged speaker election came in 1856, when the 34th Congress required 133 votes to come to a decision. So it took them 133 times of voting to actually pick somebody. Um, Jesus. So... What's interesting about this is it is an absolute circus in Congress because Democrats are totally, you know, you got AOC in there, you got like everybody's in there very aligned and good to go with who they want to represent them in the parts of Congress that they are a part of, right? But the Republicans are absolutely attacking each other and melting down from the inside. 
they're they're sharing all the secrets they're calling people out they can't there's total chaos and disorganization they cannot figure out how to proceed because they all want the power and it's kind of like this is what you created through the trump Mm -hmm. presidency but okay um so anyway what do you see with that how long is it how long do you think this will go on and what any are you getting anything about that so i think this will continue on Mm -hmm. we're at i think this will go on two more rounds or to ten um so like just one more day then because they can do more they can do like three to four votes in a day well i don't know how many days i just saw 10 so 10 rounds is what i think is total um yeah i don't think it's gonna change the government a whole lot but you know do you here's hoping for i'm wrong what's up okay okay so not that much longer to go then just not that much longer just a few more Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be same old same old same old, same old, yeah. Okay. But for the meantime, eat your popcorn, watch the show. Is there is there one person that, and I'm not going to ask you this, but if there's one person that's like really uh, into animals, animal rights, something along those lines, yeah, uh, I feel like that person is going to be the, the speaker. I can't imagine who that would be. In the, I'm just laughing because like, I'm sorry. Just everyone in that party right now. I can't imagine who's like super diehard about animals. It's like the Or maybe classic- they have a lot of animals. I just saw a lot of animals. No, I know. It's just a funny thing to think of someone who like loves animals who's like high up in the Republican Party because I feel like a lot of Republicans are like hunters and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I well, love it. Well, maybe that's why I see a lot of animals too. Maybe they uh, are avid hunters and they don't want to. I see a lot of hunter- or, uh, a lot of animals and that's the person. I okay. digress. I'll check it out afterwards. Here, I'll, I'll see if there's any info on that. Um, okay, so the top story, and Ambie, you and I actually did a live stream on this yesterday. We went live on TikTok. Um, we did. I know a lot about it now. You do know a lot about it. Um, but new things came out today, so we'll see if anything else comes up. So the top story is Brian Koberger, the prime suspect in the murder of four Idaho college students was arrested and extradited from Pennsylvania, where I am, back to Idaho to be formally charged with four counts of first degree murder. Um, The affidavit that was released today says that genealogical DNA evidence as well as eyewitness testimony led to the arrest, which what that means is that Basically, now you don't have to have an exact match. Like, basically, in the past, if they found DNA, the person whose DNA that belonged to would have already had to commit a crime and the DNA would have had to be in the system for them to figure out who it belonged to. But now with everybody doing Ancestry.com, 23andMe, all that stuff, basically they can find you through their relatives, through your relatives. So that is how they found. Don't commit murder, people. Don't commit murder. If if you think that you're smarter than the police, unfortunately, I mean, you might be smarter in some ways, but like not in the ways of, of crime. Um, so, uh, although no motive has been confirmed, it does appear that he was stalking, uh, the victims based on cell phone evidence. Police confirmed today that his phone had pinged cell phone towers in the area of the home where the crime was committed at least 12, 12 times before the murders took place going back to as early as August and the murders took place That's in what I said yesterday. It is what you said. I wanted to update you on that. Yes, you were right. Thank about you that. for telling me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sad. So what is it that we want to fill into today? Okay. So one, um, has he murdered before? Yes. How many times do you think? Or for how long? No, how many times? How many? Three or four. It keeps going three, four, three, four, three, okay, four. Three or four. Okay. So so serial killer. Um and do you think he is going to be convicted of this? Like is this trial gonna go through? I think he's gonna be convicted of this, yes. I think it's gonna go through. Okay. Do you think he'll get death penalty? Hmm. I think that's too up in the air right now because I think they're trying to pin 
other things on him that we're not aware of. So I feel like that's up in the air right now. Um, but if not, then I do feel like he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. Great. That makes me happy. Um, well, as happy as I can be in the situation. Um, Liz Magnolia says, I'm in Idaho. This story is super sad and freaky as fuck. Yeah, Liz, oh, it, it really sorry. is. I can only imagine. I'm so sorry. It really, really is. And it has the whole country and probably like the world. No, probably the country in like captivated because it's 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 everyone's worst nightmare. And it's also fascinating as it continues to unravel because it looks like a, a, a serial killer was caught. This man is this guy. He's young, is a criminology student. So he studies murderers, serial killers, how crimes happen and I really think he thought he was smarter than the police. Like, I really think he thought, but it, that's what's crazy. So, Amby, yesterday when we were doing our live stream, you said that you felt like he wanted to get caught, but not yet. Yeah. But what to explain but I again, also why? Feel, I think he wanted to keep doing this. He wanted to <clears throat> continue this on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of serial killers do. Right, right, right. Um. And the reason, every time I know what he looks like, I've seen what he looks like, right? But every time I feel into his energy, I keep seeing that one serial killer. Ted Bundy. Hold on. Not, uh, I don't think it's Ted Bundy. It's a combination. Hold on. He was handsome. No, that's not why. Oh, okay. Well. (laughs) Serial killers in Virginia. What? Oh, that's not fun. Um, (laughs) uh, Hold on here. Serial killers. Oh, oh they kind of look alike, I guess. Well, That's what is why. the significance? Of anyway, I think that I think it <clears throat> it goes off of the motive and also like the length of how long um how long Jeffrey Dahmer. That's what it is. Oh. How long he's killed for. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. So he's like followed a similar pattern. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, uh, the BTK killer. The Jeffrey BTK Dummer. killer is the one he had access to. So get this: he was a criminology TA for a professor who actually, like, I think, wrote a book on the BTK killer. So she has been in contact with BTK killer for years, and he might have had access to the BTK killer through that. And it, the BTK killers daughter has been doing interviews saying she's like really afraid that they've been in contact feels like a movie he has, he has glasses like i said yeah i i thought he had glasses in some pictures no um, no 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 no. the btk killer oh shit yeah that came up yesterday mm-hmm. and let's say what else you said yesterday you said something's going to be found in that river nearby yeah something's going to be found in the river nearby someone with glasses is helping him right or involved in some way the btk killer is photographed with glasses in several pictures which is kind of scary now that i think about it yeah um what else did i say i said um so he so let's just go back real quick to but you think he wanted them to know that it was him just not now right like he wanted to be a famous serial killer, essentially. Yes. Okay. And do you think why was the sheet? They just discovered in the affidavit that the knife sheath was on the bed. Like the sheath to his knife that he used was on the bed, and that's how they got the DNA. Was that a mistake? And what I hear is laziness. He's so he's so arrogant. I feel like he was like so arrogant. Yeah. Like, like you're the sheath you're, that's the covering and the yeah. I'm selling an idiot that's the covering does it have do we have pictures does it have like a handle on it for your belt it's, buckle yeah I think it is a belt buckle and it has a snap and that's where they got the DNA from like the snap like, I think it came off by accident yeah that's what I was saying like oh. was it an like, accident I think one of the victims like took it off I don't yeah. think that Okay. All right. Well, that we're on the same Yeah, that's page. what I was asking. Like, do you think he left it for some odd reason because he's like playing mind games <laughs> or you think it fell I off? mean, I don't know if he, ugh, that's a hard one. Let's see. I just hear laziness, but I don't think that he placed it there. And I don't, it almost feels like he didn't know it was there. Does that make sense? Which is crazy because that's what he, 
That's crazy because afterwards you would know like, well, this is what I want to know. How did he get out of the house without leaving any, like any other prints or anything? Like that's the question that still remains. Like how did he not, you're, you're, it's a messy scene. Sorry guys, yeah. graphic. but how do you leave without leaving more trails? You wear gloves. Okay, well, I didn't know it was that simple. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that like God rocks. I get it together. I'm simply saying like I do think that, and that shows that he didn't want to get caught, right? right. That shows yeah. that <clears throat> there was intention here of I'm going to get away with this. Yeah, and also like complete arrogance because he's done some really dumb shit. Sorry, but like he's done not sorry. He's done some really dumb shit that we've come to find out that, like, is something that arrogant people, someone that thinks they're smarter than everyone would do. So, um, all right, well, we'll continue to follow and I guess see what happens, but hoping that, you know, the victims get and their families get complete justice. This is, like, so crazy. Liz, sending a lot of love to you because I know that's really scary and kind of a cloud hanging over the whole town. Um all right. Well, that was the top three stories of the week. What did you guys think? Do you like it? Was it fun? Ambie, did you have fun? I had fun. Do you guys hate this topic? <laughs> Let us know if you like it, if you, you know, if you don't like it, also, blah, 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 blah. Also, keep in mind that uh, this is kind of what we do on our Patreon. Uh, every month we do an intuitive investigation into a topic, but we go way deeper into it, not just like a quick hit. Liz Magnolia said she loved this segment. So Alexis Good. said she loves it. Keep it up, y'all. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Um, Erica said she loves it. Awesome. Yay. Okay, great. Well, um, that being said, guys, uh, on Patreon, um, I just put up the uh, five candidates for the Celebrity Spirit interview. So this month we are choosing between Twitch Anne Frank, Robin Williams, Naya Rivera, and Barbara Walters. Um, so make sure you go over to Patreon and vote. It's just $5 to join. Uh, we will do the um, live interview on January 13th, uh, 4 p.m. EST. So we will see you there. Um, and before um, we wrap up, yeah. It is Ted Bundy, by the way. And also, let's talk about the retreat really quick. Yes, yes, yes. Let's talk about it. What? I'm so excited. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, our retreat is coming up February 23rd to 26th. We are going to the beautiful, magical Joshua tree. We were talking about this today, and and uh, Ambie was saying, I think this retreat's going to be really ET-centered, which is, mm-hmm. I was like, that's perfect because Joshua tree has a lot of act- ET activity. Um, so if you are wanting to come out to the desert with us and uh, let loose, connect with your community and also connect with potentially ETs or, um, you know, magical beings. I guess we're going to be doing some of that. We're also going to be going over some intuitive development skills, um, teaching you how to connect with your intuition, um, potentially maybe doing some channeling. And we have some fun surprises planned. Uh, some We always do like a fun adventure that we include in the retreat uh, every time. And it's always a surprise. And, uh, yeah, we have those in the works. Um, also we are like, we are working on having, well, no, we won't say that yet. We'll say that next time. Um, we'll say that next time, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but if you want to come, it is, uh, we have a full pay option. We have payment plan. So if you want to pay in full, it's a $300 discount of $3,700. If you want to do a payment plan, it's three payments that add up to $4,000. Um, and uh, reach out. Let us know if you want to join. There is a link on in the show notes. And um, you just click that. You fill out like a three-question survey it's not a survey it's like an application but it's literally like why do you want to come to this retreat and what's your phone number so Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so let us know if you want to join um this is gonna be incredible i'm so excited uh to go back to joshua tree the only time i was there it was so hot that i didn't get to explore very much and this is specifically chosen as the perfect it's gonna be perfect weather it's gonna be like 
warm there the pool is heated and it's right in the middle of all these mountains if you go and look at the link you'll see all the pictures it's gonna be great um so yeah make sure you apply if you want to join Amby, anything else you want to share <sighs> no i think i'm good but i do want to say one quick thing because i've i've been a little unclear about this i keep saying that i see ted bundy and what i mean by this is i don't know anything about him i just read that he had 20 confirmed kills he's confessed to 30 suspected of 36 but they can't confirm anything of the right um and that he did it over years right I believe that this person, what's his name, Brandon? What's his name? Brian. Brian, so close. He is either wanting to be like Ted Bundy, but I do think he's killed multiple people. Not in the 20s, but I, I do think that he was going for that record. You, when I initially asked you to fill into this, you kept seeing the number 18, and I'm still curious about that. <sighs> I hope I'm wrong. All right, guys. <laughs> well, we love you so much. And anything else you want to say? Okay. No, that's it. That's the end. The okay. end. Until next time. Keep on blooming. Bye, guys. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast.